Farming Programme with Araquit Steel Stockholders, Withambrook Industrial Estate Gransom. For all your steel needs, call their friendly experts. Last week saw the announcement of a further £168 million of grant money from DEFRA. What can it be used for? So it's things that help the environment, but also improve efficiencies on farm as well. We catch up with young farmers, accompany tractors and lambs into schools, and there's problems with beetles and weevils in oilseed rape. Get out there and check any fields which just don't look right. They can still have green leaves, even though the larvae have only just made it into the stems. More from our independent crop consultant, Sean Sparling, later, as well as details of a new DEFRA data source coming on stream, and, of course, the weekly market reports and price and the weather for the week to come. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Hello, a busy week, but I hope it's been a good one for you. I want to start this week with a scam warning. We seem to have a rapidly spreading issue with farmers being targeted with offers of spreading cheap or free tarmac, gravel, road chippings. And then once the job's completed, they're demanding high amounts of cash and making serious threats or using violence to obtain it. The police are unable to help as the farmer is seen to have invited them onto the land. The offenders have been rather sneaky in how they get permission to be on the land. They say they've been working on the roads locally and have some leftovers, and some claim to have already spoken with the farm office and say they just need access. Then once the works are completed, they're asking for payment, which is always much higher than expected. And if you argue, it's followed by threats, like putting caravans on the land, property damage, physical violence, or threatening family members. We've had two incidents in South Holland, Lincolnshire, this week, and we're aware of others. The best way, the advice is not to engage with them to start with, decline any suspicious offers. British Sugar have informed us that the outcome of the Rothamsted virus yellows model for 2023-24 shows that the threshold for treating seed with Cruiser SB has been met and they're instructing their pelleters and distributor to finish and deliver the remaining seed orders. There are controls and limitations to this derogation. Have a look at bbro.co.uk or speak to your British Sugar account manager for more detail. Coinciding with the NFU conference, the government recently announced an additional £168 million of grant funding. Georgina Sweeting is food and farming consultant at Savills and explains more. So part of the money is going towards the Farming Equipment and Technology Fund, round two. So we had round one last year where farmers, contractors and foresters were able to purchase specific bits of equipment, whether that was a direct drill, a cattle crush, sheep handling facilities, um, timber cranes, anything that would help to improve equipment on farm. So that's reopened. There's a few more bits of kit added and it allows for people to apply for up to £25,000 worth of funding towards specific items. But it's got to be for equipment still. It's got to be for equipment and certain bits of tech as well. Um, It's very prescriptive. Okay. So you've got to apply for items that are listed in the government guidance. Um, the minimum grant is £1,000. It's open to contractors now as well, which I think is really good news. Okay. And are they focusing on anything like sustainability, eco-friendly, etc., in the criteria for these? A lot of the bits of equipment available have an environmental focus, whether that be a direct drill. You could buy a direct drill through the grant, but not a normal conventional drill, for example. So it's things that help the environment, but also improve efficiencies on farm as well. So if you want to buy a piece of equipment, say at £5,000, do you get the whole £5,000 or do you have to contribute to it yourself? 
So you've got to contribute. Most of the contributions are around 60%. It's a set amount of funding available and the RPA have worked out that that's roughly around 40% of what they think that item would have cost you. It's important with anything like this, and if, you, if you're thinking of getting some equipment and getting a grant and applying to maybe get some advice, you're offering some advice uh, within Savills, aren't you, in terms of the Future Farm Resilience Fund? Yes. Tell me a bit about that. So it's part of a DEFRA initiative um, that's nationwide, and there's been funding set aside as part of the agricultural transition period um, to allow farmers half a day free farm consultancy. Um, so in Savills, we're offering it in partnership with NIAB and we can go to farmers and talk to them about anything from succession, looking at new schemes and income streams, looking at their finances, anything, and they'll get half a day free consultancy. I think it starts the conversation. Um, it's a good deal in the sense that it's genuinely free if you've been the claimant of BPS um, and the money's there to be had, in my opinion. So actually, if you've got an idea that you want to run past somebody, whether it's a business plan or you're thinking of entering a stewardship scheme but don't quite know what works for your farm, I'd say apply, get half a day, the consultant will visit you and do a bit of a follow-up. And then there is funding down the line for an additional day and a half as well, if it's something you want to pursue further. There's information on that on the Savills website um, under the Food and Farming banner. And it's very simply laid out and you can just apply and then your nearest consultant will be in touch. All right, Georgina, thank you. Thanks a lot. Children in Lincolnshire are swapping the playground for the tractor as part of the Tractors Into Schools initiative this week, run by the Lincolnshire Agricultural Society. Several schools are being visited by local farmers, demonstrating the role of the tractor and teaching children about food and where it comes from. It partners farmers with schools and helps build closer links between the two communities, and it's a chance to inspire young minds to the diverse and exciting careers available within the food and farming industry. We went along to Ermine Primary Academy in Lincoln, and teacher Mr Finch told us why they're taking part. Coming from a county like Lincolnshire, one of the biggest, most prominent agricultural counties in the country, it's so important that they know that their home and where they come from plays such a pivotal role in where their food comes from, how it's made, and not just the, the food that they're eating, but the people who are behind the scenes and providing all the food that I guess maybe children might take for granted for a little bit. So all the people that um, go into all of that, they get to meet them and ask them questions, which they don't always get a chance to do every day. The lambs are definitely a highlight. So they've been exploring where they come from, how old they are, um, what do they eat, what we use them for, talking about wool or sheep's milk. And then we've been also been exploring the foods that farmers produce every day. British um, grown vegetables like carrots and cauliflower, but also learning that not everything that we have all throughout the year comes from this country. We've been looking at, at broccoli and green beans, which surprisingly been exported from Morocco, which blew their minds. They had no idea that we have foods come from other countries. Um, so so far away. Eleanor Hopper is a member of Rugby Young Farmers. She took her tractor and a couple of lambs. It's all about educating younger people about where the food comes from and the processes of how it gets from the field to your plate really. Uh, it's just showing them how the food is processed, how we can eat seasonally and not try to import as much and also the care of animals as well. Now we're here at a city school. Do you find there's a difference between the city schools and the more rural schools in terms of understanding where food comes from? Yeah, so this week we're visiting nine schools as a club. Uh, most of them are all based in Lincoln. We have been to schools out in the countryside and we feel like even just living there they might have a bit more education. So coming round here and giving them this little talk might give them a bit more education about it.
But what did the kids think? Farming is really important for food, crops, and you can use the crops to make food and other sorts of things. Yes. Such as bread. And bread is really good. I love farming. The excellent Tractors Into Schools initiative continues until Friday the 10th of March and there's a great video of our trip to the Ermine Primary Academy on the Lynx FM Facebook page. Time for our weekly crop report and some important agronomy advice from our independent crop consultant, Sean Sparling. Morning, Sean. Has spring really sprung or is it another full spring? Yes, morning, Stephen. Like a lamb then, uh, March 2023. Bit of drizzly stuff to start the new month. That's about all it was, though. So really getting concerningly dry underfoot as we head into what should be the mud season, the true spring, because with little rain on the radar and following a dry January and February, it's getting a little bit worrying. It's coming a lot colder next week, though, by the sounds of it. So still a bit of winter could possibly come yet. So with these cooler, damper conditions, the calm before the spring storm, agronomy-wise, as things stand, it's all just out there waiting for it to warm up and then it will set off when it does. Soil temperatures then a week ago at three inches, they were above seven degrees, 7.6, 7.7. A week on, they're barely five degrees. So it's looking likely to remain around five degrees or even fall further from that as these cold Old days and night frost return. So starting with all seed rate, we pick up where we left off last week, really. Cabbage stem flea beetle, rate winter stem weevil and pigeons. Fields are really starting to show this cabbage stem flea beetle issue now, with the larvae having clearly found their way from the leaves into the stems over the last couple of weeks as these crops try to set off. If you see fields which are trying and they're just not moving or they don't look like they're changing colour, it's potentially a problem with cabbage stem flea beetle or rate winter stem weevil who've got into the stem. There's actually a lot of damage become visible over this last seven days, especially noticeable in crops where the leaves have been de-waxed and completely taken off, whether by herbicides such as biphenox or otherwise, because the frost has stripped back those leaves that have no wax on them. That leaves a stumpy little plant. That leaves the larvae that are in those leaves no choice but to head down into the crown and then further into the stem. So we're still finding fields which are going backwards. There'll be some very tough decisions need to be made over the next couple of weeks. So get out there. There, cut these plants open and you'll find the grubs easily enough if they're there white maggots with a head and no legs which curl into a c-shape on the palm of your hand that'll be a weevil rape winter stem weevil if you've got grubs that have got a head and three pairs of legs they're beetles they will be the cabbage stem flea beetle larvae if they've got no head and no legs as a grub it'll be a fly larvae and that'll probably be cabbage root fly but that's very unlikely unless you're on some sandy stuff and you've got a history of that pest and remember insecticides will do absolutely no good whatsoever now so before you spend any more money on anything fertilizers etc and with the forecast for it to remain cold get out there and check any fields which just don't look right they can still have green leaves even though the larvae have only just made it into the stem so just know what you're dealing with buds visible as well in some of the crops out there i mean there's a lot of good rape out there by the way and the buds are starting to move upwards in those crops now so as the first of march came and went we could use capirolid Picloram, Arilex Active. We could apply all of those things after Wednesday, the 1st of March. But do just watch the growth stage. The cutoff is when the buds begin to rise above the canopy. They've got some growing to do yet, go through stem extension before the buds rise. But if you can see the buds, do speak to your advisor and make sure that the crop is still safe for the product and the choices that you're making. And watch these weather conditions as well. Picloram, for example, that needs the soil temperature to be about 7 or 8 degrees as a minimum 
in order to work properly on cleavers. Pigeons as well really need managing. They will find any thin bits or backward bits of oilseed rape and if the leaves are compromised they'll easily start to think about taking out the growing point as they feed and that will really begin to damage yield. Still a bit cold for light leaf spot but do stay alert to that because as I say as it warms up that will suddenly set off. The first dose of nitrogen largely completed on the oilseed rape. A lot of people have got started on the winter cereals as well. With oilseed rape the work from AHDB showed that the optimum target green area index or GAI at flowering of rape is three and a half units. Each of those GAI units contain 50 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare, meaning that you need about 175 kilos of N per hectare in the crop to achieve that three and a half GAI optimum. Now we assess the GAI in February or early March this time of year using an app on your phone. There's an app from BSF, the BSF GAI tool, which uses a digital photo of your crop and then that through algorithms establishes the GAI. Or you can just weigh the fresh weight of the leaf area of the crop from a meter squared area and then convert that weight into a GAI unit by multiplying the weight by 0.8. For example, if you've got a calculated GAI of 1.2, and each GAI contains 50 kilograms of N, that is 60 kilograms of N in the crop. So for a three and a half tonne crop, it's three and a half times 50, so that's 175 required kilograms of nitrogen per hectare. So your shortfall would be 175 minus 60, which is already in the crop, so you require 115 kilograms per hectare of N. Now you have to assume a nitrogen use efficiency of about 60%, so the balance to apply would be 115 divided by 0.6 leading 191 kilograms per hectare of nitrogen. If the yield, by the way, is expected to be higher than three and a half tonne, you can, of course, increase the nitrogen you apply by 30 kilograms for every half a tonne over that three and a half tonne standard yield. But you already knew that. So as long as the weather is good enough, there's still time to tidy up mayweeds, cleavers, cranesbill, poppies, even charlock, which may have missed these hard frosts, which has done a very good job of the charlock. So bifenox, fox, still okay. But as with any emu, which Bifenox has, it is your risk. So make sure the conditions are right and the crop's safe and that you actually need it. Still time too for grass weed control in oilseed rape from graminicide. Remember, you can only put one fop and one dim on per season and you can't put clethodim on past the end of October anyway. And remember that if you haven't yet put nitrogen on your wheat, nitrogen at this stage tends to help maintain or even increase tiller numbers. So frothy forward bits should be avoided in favour of treating the backward later drilled and second wheat. Good weather for your of course cold damp conditions perfect for your ear spring barley almost drilled up i do sometimes worry though in a good drilling month like we've just had in february that sometimes the reason for drilling gets forgotten for example blackgrass control it can be lost sight of in favor of getting the stuff in the ground i'm just saying delaying on blackgrass land is still the best option spring barley is okay drilled to the end of march then spring wheat's okay drilled from the middle to the end of march spring oats they like it a bit warmer than this and okay to be drilled to the end of march equally even slightly into April. Oh, and remember that you have to, by law, have a nutrient plan in place before you go applying any nutrients. So if you haven't done one, maybe crack on with that. Colder weather to come then, still only the first week of March, and T0 still a couple of weeks away yet. So let's see what the next seven days bring. Thanks as ever, Sean. The Farming Programme with our equipped steel stockholders, with Umbrook Industrial Estate Grantham, supplying the region for over 40 years. 
DEFRA produces tonnes of data each year. A new facility is on the way to make it easier to get and to understand. At the recent Low Carbon Act show, I caught up with the Chief Commercial Officer at Agrimetrics, Rebecca Geraghty, and asked her to tell us more. So we were successful just before Christmas at uh, winning a contract with our partner Telespazio UK to host DEFRA Group's environmental data, and it's called uh, the DEFRA Data Services Platform. And this is what sort of data? It's got data about flooding, rainfall, habitats, trees, rivers, a whole host of different environmental data from across the DEFRA group. And how is this a benefit to farmers? There's about 4,500 data sets on there now. The benefit is actually how can we help businesses and farms and supply chain businesses link that data to their own data to create new insight, but also for us to make progress on, in, in terms of improving our environmental impact. You know, when you look at the um, commitments that we've made in terms of the 25-year environmental plan, it's going to require everybody, whether you're a consumer, whether you're a farmer, whether you're a business in the supply chain, to be able to understand what impacts are you having now and actually how can you improve, and that takes data. And who collects all this data? So the data comes from a whole host of different parts of the DEFRA group. So you've got the Environment Agency, Natural England, uh, DEFRA themselves, the Forestry Commission. All the different parts of DEFRA have access to different data and different data projects and they're pulling it all together and making as much of it open source as possible. And how will a farmer be able to access this information? So it'll all be free to access. We'll be hosting all of the data from the end of June 2023. So, so you can actually go to the website now and access that data. It's free of charge. And you can go on, you can um, request different data sets. They've also got um, different applications. So they've got applications looking at flooding, for example, um, and different habitats. So you can access the data either as a data set or through one of the applications that are already up there. Rebecca, this is all very interesting stuff. We look forward to June when we'll be able to access this data via the DEFRA website. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lincolnshire Young Farmers have a big weekend coming up, hosting the East Midlands area. And it won't be long until the rally. County Development Manager Kate Knight. Okay, so second week in March is the East Midlands Area Weekend. It's in Skegness. It's traditionally in Lincolnshire because everybody likes a seaside town. And that is where all five counties of the East Midlands Area Young Farmers come together for a weekend of competitions and social events in the evening. All Saturday, we've got the public speaking competitions and junior and senior member of the year at Skegness Grammar and then we've got on Sunday the sports competitions this year is basketball, hockey and rounders. And then we jump forward to May, another big event in the Young Farmers calendar. So firstly everybody knows the County Rally is my favourite day of the year, although I'd say Link Show are my other two favourite days of the year. (laughs) So the County Rally, I'm so excited about it this year. It's on Saturday the 20th of May. We're really, really lucky this year to be holding it at Andrew Ward's farm at Lednam. Yeah, I've heard of him. (laughs) He's brilliant. We're really thrilled to be working with him and he's got a fabulous site all set up for us. So can't wait for that. And we're Doubly thrilled to have a full sponsor this year in Omex. And for those who don't know what's involved at the rally, what do you get up to? Anything from making an ice cream to baking a cake to running with wellies full of water to the pillar fight, the obstacle course, flower arranging, you name it, we do it at rally. Anything that, you know, is just a little bit off the norm, we do at rally. 
So it's obviously very serious stuff. <laughs> it's the day where everybody laughs the most. Um, there is some seriousness in it because we're running some national competitions like floral art, tug of war, a cookery class, and another class where they've got to make an outfit that's fit for a day at the races. And coincidentally, our theme for rally this year is a day at the races. So it's a little bit horse themed, a little bit glamour, a little bit dressy up. And yeah, we laugh all day. It's great. All right, well, enjoy the East Midlands area weekend and the county rally when we get there in May. Kate Knight, thank you. Thank you very much. Time for our weekly market reports and prices now, starting with livestock and from Louth Livestock Market. Good morning, auctioneer Oliver Chapman. Morning, Steve. Another weekly roundup from here at Louth, starting with the prime cattle, which see the clean heifers sell to 300 pence per kilo for CA Motter and Sons and £1,793.83 pence for JS Brooks of Strubby. Steers sell to 278 pence per kilo or £1,678 for JS Brooks of Strubby. Well, the prime bulls sell to 279 pence per kilo and four. £1,440 for CA Motterman Sons. Just a couple of cool cows on offer top at 176 pence per kilo and £1,412 for an A&N Spillman. That wraps the cattle up. Moving on to the sheep, another similar show of hogs forward to SQQ at 229.96 pence per kilo with an all-in average of 220.14 pence per kilo. Top goes to RL Hartley at £121 per head and WR Hanson and Son at 276 pence per kilo. Another tremendous show of views, which see the good, the bad and the ugly with everything from Lean Jacobs right through to Cheviots and those best-ended Texels. All in average, £114.37. Top goes to LJ Fairburn and Son at £182 per head. Finally, store sheep, and this week saw the complete dispersal of views on behalf of W Walker and Son of Tealby to top at £210 per head for inland ewes, with the ewe lambs from St. Good Home to top at £106. A huge thank you to everyone that's been and supported this week. Tomorrow, we're back on with the first store cattle sale of March, so please do not hesitate to contact me for marketing of all livestock. This is Oliver Chapman for Mason's and Louth Market, and thank you. Many thanks, Oliver. And with a look at the grey markets and the latest prices, Open Fields Kit Dickinson. Morning, Kit. Good morning, Steve. February saw prices recover as the market debated whether the Ukraine grain corridor would be extended, with Russia commenting that it would be inappropriate to do so unless punitive sanctions on them were lifted. However, all gains were erased in the latter days of the month as optimism for the extension returned following Chinese peace plan, which included the corridor should stay open. Some market commentators saw the Chinese peace plan as a sign that the Chinese needed the corridor to stay open to help satisfy their import needs, with rumours that they are in the market to buy US maize. Thus far, there have been no official corridor talks, but the Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov reaffirmed yesterday that there would not be an agreement to the extension of the Black Sea grain export deal unless their own interests were taken into account, which include dropping restrictions on payments, logistics and insurance for grain and fertiliser exports. Shipment progress via the Grain Corridor remains slow as Russia continually slow walks their vessel inspections and available supplies begin to dry up. Russian wheat exports in February were estimated at 3.1 million tonnes due to bad weather, which was well below the expectations. EU farmers are complaining that Ukrainian grain entering Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria and Poland overland is pressuring their domestic prices. Looking at barley this week, the UK interest is now with new crop. Plantings in East Anglia are well ahead of the south and west where many are still waiting for the ground to warm up with no intention of planting before the second half of March. Those who have planted are committing to forward prices with good feed bases plus premiums for malting, but no maximum. 
which offers a better risk adverse option than taking a fixed price. Now March is here, we have six malting barley boats due in the next four weeks, loading at Plymouth, Poole and Sharpness. Oilseed rate remains extremely volatile, with Matif losing over €30 Euros in the last five trading days of February. In its monthly report, Oil World explained how the European rapeseed market is faced with the bearish fundamentals of abundant supplies and subdued demand. Larger than expected imports of lower priced rapeseed from Ukraine and Australian canola have contributed to a sizable accumulation of stocks, along with high production numbers. Data published by the European Commission has shown the EU rapeseed imports so far for 22-23 to reach 5.33 million tonnes, compared to the 3.4 million tonnes a year earlier, which has weighed heavily on prices. Strategy Grains forecast EU rapeseed stocks to increase to a heavier situation at the end of the campaign, with surpluses in most countries. Additionally, the overall production outlook for 23-24 EU27 and the UK rape have been revised slightly up to 22.2 million tonnes. So looking at prices this week, feed wheat for April 215 to 221, May 216 to 222, August 210 to 217 and November 215 to 223. Milling wheat premiums for old crop are currently £60. Feed barley for April is 190 to 198, May 192 to 200, August 185 to 193 and November 192 to 202. For malting barley premiums, please speak to your local farm business manager. An oil seed rate for March 430 to 437, May 435 to 444, off the combine new crop August 435 to 445, and November 440 to 450 pounds. Thank you very much. Thanks as ever, Kit. The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. A cold, wet week for Lincolnshire on the way by the looks of it. Calm and damp under cloudy skies today with highs of 7 Celsius down to 1 overnight. Monday brings a light westerly breeze, plenty of rain and a high of 8. It's turning colder though midweek with daytime highs of 3 or 4 down to minus 2 overnight Tuesday, maybe minus 4 on Thursday night. A brisker northwesterly wind up to 20 miles per hour for Tuesday and more rain. The wind eases off towards the end of the week but there's low pressure and cloudy skies bringing rain and possibly snow. Lovely. Now, you may have seen or heard news of changes to Lynx FM from next month. I'm delighted to say the farming programme continues, but you will need to check your listing on DAB Radio, not FM. If you already do, that's fine, no change. If you're on 102.2 FM and you have a DAB radio, just search Lynx FM on DAB and we'll be there. You can also listen with no changes via the free Lynx FM app on your phone or via your smart speaker. Just ask it to play the farming programme and the podcast continues unchanged on all podcast platforms. More from the world of farming and food next week. I'm Steve Orchard. Until then, have a great week. The Farming Programme with Araquip Steel Stockholders with Embrook Industrial Estate Grantham. BSI ISO 9001 accredited.